I'm Richard. And I'm Will. And together we're the, the Irreverent, Irreverent Nerds. Nerds. Bum, bum, bum. Nerds. Nerds. Subscriber nerds. Yes. This is for you. <laughs> for you and only you. Will is is breaking out in song. Like we're 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 changing. We're I'm announcing my love for the subscribers. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> um he's gonna come and give you that hug that we've been promising for a year. Free hug. You know. Although we did say it'd have to be ten dollars a month, which we no longer have the tiers anymore. Uh, it's like it's like if you support us for ten dollars a month, Will will come to your house and give you a hug. Ten dollars and a kiss. Hugs. Yeah. <laughs> Continental kisses, but kisses nonetheless. You know, the like on so both not sides. French kisses, just continental. No, continental kisses. You know, like kiss of greeting. That's only in if the they U- pay in, the, a month. in the UK. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For 20 a month, Will will prostitute himself. No, just kidding. No, that's not going to happen. Uh, we're not that desperate. We're not that desperate. Um, anyway, hey, so. <laughs> We're here to talk about Watership Down, the movie that Will mistakenly rented as a child thinking that it was made for children. And yes, I can confirm after seeing it for the first time as an adult, this is not for kids. No. <laughs> Rabbits were harmed in the making of this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I should put a warning label on it, like, warning, rabbits were harmed in the making of this movie. <laughs> well... Apparently, I did some. I, I borrowed the research of someone else who did research. Um, Doesn't everyone? And um, apparently, it was a big problem in both America and the UK, where they kept censor uh, boards kept thinking this was a children's movie and would rate it like U or E for everyone. Or, <laughs> well, I guess that would be G, wouldn't it? I'm you guessing these people I mean? didn't watch it. Those no. people that rated it. <laughs> Like, oh, it's a cartoon, it's got rabbits in it. Yeah, must be for kids, right? You know? Yeah? Like Teletubbies or something. Oh, they didn't exist then, but, you know. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> but yes, no, like, I can't think, like... If you, like, watched half of it, you or, like, less than half, you might have thought it was for kids. It was, as an adult, yeah. it was fairly tame, but the, the climax, Oh, my goodness. But... Yeah, Spoiler warning, by the way, if you haven't seen, if you're like me and you had, I'd heard of this, like, I think Laura had mentioned, Laura, my wife Laura, and I think her brother had saw it, I don't, I think they were kids as well, when they saw it, probably similar situation, where it's like, their family went to the library a lot, and they're like, oh, this is in the kids section, like, yeah. some librarian didn't watch it first, <laughs> and it was like, it's like, it's educational, you know, like Animal Farm, or 1984. You know, it should be in the kids section. I don't know why I'm talking with it. I guess it's a UK film. That's why I'm talking like this. I love it. Do yeah. It. Although that accent didn't show up in the in the film, unfortunately. There were, there were some accents, though. Yeah, most of them seem to be kind of your more. I don't know what the right term is, but like, I guess John Hurt would be like one of the uh, uh, who he plays Hazel, the character Hazel in the film, um, which you pointed out. You had found that out in your research before yeah. that one of the one of the uh, actors that actually just the next year nineteen this came out in nineteen seventy eight and then nineteen seventy nine um, Alien came out which John Hurt was also in live action so 
I, for some reason, I thought this movie also came out in 79, but, but whether it was 78 or 79, it's about right. So anyway, uh, so before we get too deep into like plot synopsis and all that, um, initial reactions. So one minute, go. I have two initial reactions. One is a child. As a child, what was burnt into my memory, as Richard said earlier, which is also apparently true of his uh, wife, Laura, is that I remember the blood. Yeah, I remember there's the, lots of blood. <laughs> for a child, it was disturbing. As an adult, which is my second reaction, seeing it for the first time, and I probably only watched this once as a child, by the way, but seeing it for the first time, since I was a child, I was disappointed that the movie just wasn't this big bloody gore fest like I remembered it. <laughs> I tell you though, like that, the animation style combined with with the violence made it creepier. I think. True, true, and, and I I might must say that the painted backgrounds were beautiful. I can really appreciate the work that went into this film as an adult. Um, Watercolor, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Richard would be correct. I mean, that's what I discovered in my uh, brief um, search for information on it earlier today. But uh, you probably saw that. Did you read that or did you see that and knew it was watercolor? You probably didn't. No, I, I just I just okay. could tell like as soon yeah. as I saw the background, so I was like, oh, watercolor. Uh, which my wife obviously is a watercolor artist. So. Yeah, so you're probably, your eyes are better trained to know watercolor since uh, you look at your wife's paintings a lot and whatnot. Yeah, I just sit, them, sit there and stare at them at night. <laughs> but no, no, I have seen a lot of watercolor and I've seen my wife painting watercolor and I've attempted to do a little bit myself. Like she actually cool. taught me a little bit one time and it was fun actually. I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I was also her guinea pig for a, uh, one of her classes. Like she wanted to were test you, out were teaching the, uh, were you the new model <laughs> <laughs> no no i was i dressed up like a guinea pig and um but a, a nude guinea pig so perhaps yes i, I guess a, a form of nude modeling you know I, I just have this giant guinea pig suit that i keep in the attic you know for those special nights <laughs> those special nights it's time for an irreverent evening <laughs> no <laughs> Uh, I can picture you now in a robe smoking a pipe. Ah, yes, yes. With tufts uh, of fur coming out. Yes, I'm, I am, uh, wait. Well, that's before you put on your guinea pig suit. Sherlock Holmes and Watson as guinea pigs. I'm, I'm wearing my smoking jacket and... Your smoking jacket. I have a pipe and, of course, I've got, I've got two fingers of scotch in this tumbler, you know, um, make that a snifter, actually. I've got a snifter... With two fingers of scotch. Do you know what two fingers of scotch are? Those two fingers are making me nervous. Two two ounces. You know, basically, it's a. It basically, if you put you two fingers up to a tumbler, you pull the scotch up to that level. That's what they mean. Two uh, fingers, which is roughly two ounces. You know, so yes, and I'm 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 a guinea pig, so yeah. Anyway, enough with that. But uh, we do advertise ourselves as mildly inappropriate, and mildly we have to have at least one brief segment that's inappropriate and that was inappropriate <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah okay so initial reactions 
So, mythology. Like, blood. <laughs> Watercolor. More blood. <laughs> and uh, politics. Yeah. There's <laughs> yes. quite a bit of politics and, and scheming and strategizing and warfare. So yeah, all of that makes an appearance in this film. Uh, initial reactions, I liked it. Uh, it was a little stretched a little bit, a little bit boring in parts. But you know, I think there's something to be said for films that are okay with you being bored for part of it. You know what I mean? Like they're just willing to sit with something. You know, there are so many movies that are like, no, we, we can't let the audience be bored. We got to keep them titillated the entire time. It's like, no, take take some time. Sit with it for a minute. Yeah, over titillated. Which I think might be a requirement for anything that's a part of the Criterion Collection. You know, there, there's, right. there's like space for artistic contemplation and philosophical reflection, you know. Um, by the way, plug for the podcast, Film Spotting. They have reviewed quite a few of the films in the Criterion Collection. Ah. And um, one, probably my favorite film critic podcast. And uh, yeah, everything I've learned about film criticism, I learned from them. And of course, from Sattler and Waldorf, you know, as well. But, can't forget Waldorf. That's right. You can't. <laughs> you, you can't. Um, yeah, I get, if you guys can't tell, obviously, we just watched a movie with British actors, so that's why I keep jumping into that accent. But yeah, so nerd hats. All right, so how, how many out of five would you give this now as, as an adult? Like a rating as an adult? Like evaluating it? You've seen a lot more films between now and your prepubescent years. Yes. So how would you rate this now? I don't know because I'm still mildly confused by the Mandela effect of my memories and reality <laughs> contradicting each other. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. That's, that's going to be a little trippy. Like the way you experienced yeah. it as a kid versus now as an adult seeing it again. Is this yeah. the first time you've seen it since you were a kid? Yeah, yeah. It wow. Is. It yeah. is. Um... So I'm confused because I think my childlike mind overemphasized the, the violent parts of the film. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I came away with. But most of the film was calm, quiet, unremarkably tame. Uh, like Richard said earlier, it did have some, some shallow minor politics and warfare in it. Uh, I wouldn't call them shallow. Well, but, not shallow. But, but I mean... I mean you're not right, not, not like not like state level politics. It's more like smaller group politics. Yeah, that's what I meant. I meant that it was a part yeah. of the plot. We didn't stay on it for very long. I don't think it was trying to be too heady. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you, Richard, know what I'm trying to say. It wasn't exactly didn't hit you over the head with it it was more subtle well it felt like i mean because you really um you really do get um like gradually as as the film goes on you get immersed in this world of yeah. of rabbits and it felt more like the kind of politics that would actually exist uh in rabbit society uh like if you if you i didn't think of that like the kind of concerns that rabbits would have it was very down to earth in that sense of like these are concerns that real rabbits Rabbit have like trying to avoid dogs yeah. and, and foxes and cats um but there's also now this is where maybe some maybe more human 
politics got infused. I don't know how often there's like warfare in between um, burrows of rabbits. <laughs> well, I just I saw a video of two hares boxing it out earlier. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess they did infuse quite a bit of. of um, they anthropomorphized the rabbits, obviously, quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, I suppose. But yeah, some of the base level concerns are definitely what rabbits would would deal with, and and part of the main plot. So I guess speaking of plot, I guess we can get into like a yeah a summary. I guess what I was trying to say is it's not exactly Animal Farm, which I haven't seen yet. Okay, maybe we can do that. I, I haven't either, but I'm led to believe there's a lot more politics. allegory and uh, politics in Animal Farm. But uh, we we're talking about nerd hats. For some reason, 3.5 is coming to my mind, and I don't know if that's a fair rating. Uh, I'm still reeling from um, not just, just the confusion of, like I said earlier, of what I saw as a kid versus what what this movie actually is, how I'm experiencing as an adult. Yeah, we need to get more scientific about our, our, our nerd hat reading, too. Like, I, I've thought of that as, like, for each hat, like, is it a category? Like, hat number one's like, cinematography. Hat number two oh. could be plot, hat number, or story slash plot. Hat number three could be acting. Hat number four, directing. Um, Maybe hat number five would be editing. I don't know. Like, if we were to get more technical about it and be, like, we could do each one. So if it... um. If it has mediocre, say, cinematography, half, gets half a nerd hat. Half a nerd hat for that. And if yeah. it gets, like, mediocre acting, half a nerd hat. If it gets god-awful, terrible uh, acting, or frith-awful. Frith-awful. <laughs> frith-awful um, acting. <laughs> yeah, which you'll find out about in a minute. Uh, but frith-awful acting, um, <laughs> um, then... It gets no nerd hat for that. You know, we need to figure this out. But, yeah, just shooting from the hip, I, I was actually thinking 3.5 as well. So we line up on that. But, yeah, we do need to get more scientific about this. So that'll be for season four. Let's let's get more serious about our film reviews, right? Um, we should type up a guide so I don't forget. <laughs> legit. Like, no, I was actually thinking earlier today. is like, let's get a book on, on how to review films. And I need okay. to start listening to the Film Swatting podcast again. Um, yeah, cause both those guys are um, extra professional film critics that work in Chicago, and uh, I can't remember their first names at the moment. It's been a while since I've listened to the podcast, uh, but I highly recommend it. And um, yeah, so they they review new films, but they also go through classic films, and they have done quite a few in the Criterion Collection. I don't know if they've ever done Watership Down, but it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Um, but they have kind of gradually worked their way through quite a few of those films. Uh, things like the red balloon you know like just different classics they've done Kurosawa films oh yeah stuff like yeah. that um when i think of the criteria collection i think of Kurosawa films i was surprised watership down made it in but i suppose it is a artistic film yeah definitely and, and you see that right from the the very beginning um which so so let, let's just summarize the the plot as best we can real quick here uh, for those who haven't seen it and those who don't wish to see it but just want to hear <laughs> us talk about it uh, which I have done that myself before where I've like 
I was like, I don't really want to watch that movie, but I do kind of want to listen to a podcast about it. So, uh, if you guys are in that situation, um, so let's see. Um, so it, early on, we get introduced to let's see, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of these points, to the characters of Hazel and Fiverr. Yes, the original um, title of the story. Oh, was it Hazel and Fiverr? Yeah. Ha. Huh. Okay. That makes sense. They're very, very pivotal um, for the plot. Uh, I think it's fair to say that Hazel probably ends up being the, the protagonist in, in many ways. Uh, Hazel and Bigwig, I think, seem like... Fiverr's role is obviously really important, but Fiverr doesn't necessarily get as much screen time, quote-unquote, as, as Hazel. And uh, well, I don't know. Anyway, but like... So towards the beginning, um, they're in the original... The burrow the right. I'm sorry, the burrow or the warren. The warren. Yeah. They're, so they have a warren of rabbits. You know, the colony of rabbits, basically a rabbit colony. Um, there's a head rabbit. They just call him the chief rabbit. Um, that sort of runs the show, so to speak. But it's you get the impression it's not not very strict at this particular warren. Um, but Hazel has what you said. Uh, others have described as basically a vision. Yes. Can, can I talk about that? Yeah, yeah. Talk about the vision. Well, um, not Hazel. Sorry, Fiverr has Fiverr. Fiverr right, has the vision. right. So, what I thought was really funny watching this as an adult, right before Fiverr has his first vision, the vision of the blood on the hill, mm-hmm. uh, you see what may or may not be a cigarette or a uh, blunt, marijuana <laughs> blunt, on the ground that he's sniffing. Uh huh. And uh, so, in my mind, I'm like, oh, I get it now. He got a bad drug. <laughs> he got a bad drug interaction. <laughs> that does make some sense, because, like, otherwise, why is it there? Like, if it's not, like, marijuana or something. I know. You know it's like, like why, why is it just sitting there? And they why? make a point of him sniffing it. Although, they do make a point later in the film of showing a dog peeing. But <laughs> during the height of, like, a chase scene, too, he just, like, stops. Just and, like, stops, and you see it coming out of his wiener. <laughs> anyway, you were saying... Um. <laughs> so he potentially sniffs sniffs some weed, and then proceeds to have a vision. <laughs> yes. So I don't know if this rabbit has psychic powers or if he just got a bad drug. I'm not sure. But yeah, Fiverr Fiverr sees a vision of blood rolling down the hillside, and he just starts freaking out. Man, freaking out, man. Yeah, and that that vision. Like, they use artistic expression to, to indicate that he's having something like a vision, because, like, you, or a, or something, some kind of prescient, because it, everything starts to go abstract, like, the, the trees start to swirl, and then, like you said, you see what looks like either, it's like a shadow, but also could be blood, like you said, um, covering the, the field, um, and basically, if I ever tells hazel right his friend yeah it's like we need to get the fuck out of here <laughs> basically and they're yeah, like basically and hazel's like all right then you know let, let's let's go and talk to the chief rabbit about it um, so yeah so they seems reasonable huh? which apparently hazel has never done before he's never come never demanded an audience with the chief rabbit before apparently um, this is not the first delusional uh or, scare that Fiverr's had either, but well, later, later Hazel 
in talking to some rabbits about it later, apparently Fiverr has had some either premonitions or visions yeah. before, and Hazel says, like, he's never been wrong. Um, I found that interesting. Yeah, so maybe, like, Fiverr is, like, the... Because obviously that there is definitely some anthropomorphization going on in this. So maybe Fiverr is, like, the prophet. Yeah. Sort of. You know, like, the prophet that has the vision. The prop, prophet of Frith. <laughs> yeah, the prophet of or Frith. I think it's Frith. Isn't Frith. it Frith? Yeah. Yeah, which we didn't really talk about that, the, the opening. Do you want to talk about the opening with the kind of the mythological backstory? Yeah, there's, um, I don't know if this is borrowed from somewhere or if this is the creation of the book author who, who wrote the novel. Uh, I, I don't remember his name right now. but um, Richard Adams, maybe? I think so. I mean, it's. A, I think it's, I definitely think it started with an R. But so it could be Robert. Yes, based on the 1972 novel by Richard Adams. Oh, okay, Richard Adams. Yeah. Well. Wow, the, so it hadn't been out that long when the movie was made. Must have been popular. I think so. You know, I actually heard a bunch of publishers turn the book down before it finally got picked up and renamed Watership Down. But, um... Yeah, which, which, by the way, is a real place in England, so I'm assuming it's supposed yeah. to take place in Watership Down, I guess. And I didn't know that, like, all these years since I saw it as a kid, I thought that the warren they escaped from was called Watership, and it just went down. <laughs> <laughs> Watership's going down! It's sinking! No. I'm being serious, too. <laughs> That's what I thought. Well, hey, I didn't know it was a real place, and I just knew it was the title of the movie. Um, and I just, when I Googled it, um, uh, a picture of the actual English countryside in a place called Watership Down actually showed up. So apparently okay. there's a real place. Because um, the internet never lies, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. well that makes a lot of sense, though. Yeah. The film starts out telling this mythological backstory. Uh, in my mind, I mean, I definitely remember this from when I was a kid. That was one of the most memorable parts of the film for me, other than the violence. Um, so basically I just think of it as rabbit genesis <laughs> and uh, so the rabbit god or essentially uh, basically a sun god he's sun than, god yeah. well I'm just joking he's, but not yeah. the, he's not the rabbit god the rabbit god is this black thing that jumps around later <laughs> I thought that was like the angel of death type so thing it's the rabbit angel of death yeah, I mean Frith is like I guess maybe Frith is like the supreme god or something. Yeah, the creator. He's definitely the creator, right? We're creating a rat. We're we're creating a pantheon around this. Film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you have well, the two spiritual entities are. So, so yeah, you do have the great Frith. Yeah, the, the great Frith, the creator of all things, basically, according to Robert Lore, and then you have the. Rabbit let's Lord. see, I wrote the other one down here. The Black Rabbit of Inlay, which is. I think essentially represents death. Right. So, like, the creator gives Inlay life. That's, I think it's a place in in the UK. Really? Inlay. Oh, okay. sounds like sounds like a place name of Inlay. Um, I know you have in Scotland you have um, the Isle of Islay, but, or uh, uh, an area called Islay. So maybe Inlay is another. Anyway, um, I find it. It's, it's interesting, the uh, the rabbit sins against Frith by eating too much grass, which oh. is something that Fiverr does later. <laughs> but he also doesn't, isn't it also, um, 
his refusal to rein in the breeding of the rabbits, right? right. Frith gets upset because the was it the Prince of Rabbits, Elafretha, uh, does not want to control the breeding, and for some reason, Frith is apparently mad that the rabbits are doing what he made them to do. Yes, <laughs> you're doing it too well. Yeah, was he said it? Calm it down now. <laughs> okay, I wrote it down here. Frith says to Elafretha, or Elafrera. I think Elafrera is how you say it. I think so. If you cannot control your people, I will find a way to control them for you, basically. Um, and that's does. when the fall happens. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then uh, and then he gives. It is basically an analog to the fall because yeah, to the Christian idea of the fall, which I mean, obviously England Christian nation. So uh, I'm sure the author was very familiar with Christianity. Um, but Anglicans, Anglicans, like the fall for the rabbits shows up as like other the other animals. Like the rabbits were basically special creation. So they're kind of like the analog to humans in this. So they're like the the special ones, I guess. But then all the other animals are. I think they're. He um, as a result of the prince's refusal to rein in the breeding, Frith then decides to create speciation. Basically, like he makes right. a bunch of species and then gives some of them a desire. Or actually, I guess it kind of implies all of them to some extent. Some more than others, but all of them a desire to, to kill, the rabbits, basically. Like he's like, everyone's gonna be your enemy. Well, apparently, everyone in rabbit mythology was a herbivore before, uh, Frith got mad. Then Frith was like, and now you're gonna die. Yeah, I'm gonna control your population. So eugenics, or well, it's not exactly no, more like um, not genocide either. Not exactly because genocide would be wiping all of them out. Population control, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so he uses foxes and dogs and cats and other predators to control the populations of the rabbits. Which, to me, like, the mythology that he creates around it is, is brilliant. Like, because obviously it has echoes of other mythologies, Christianity being one. Um, but it does seem like something like if rabbits were on a similar intelligence level to us and if we were able to communicate with them and find out if they had a mythology... It does kind of sound like something that they would have, you know. It's like he kind of puts himself in the mindset of a of a rabbit, you know. Interesting. So I wonder when the cat population got out of control, what Frith did to take care of the cat lady. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is like a cycle. It's like the the rabbits get under control, but then the cats breed too much, and he's like, okay, well. Something else got to come in to get rid of the domestic cats. You know? Dogs, maybe. The dogs start eating the cats. I don't know. The cat lady marries a man who loves dogs. So that's it. <laughs> there, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, man. So that, like... Would you say, like... This is something I picked up on. Would, would you say that the... That, um, Hazel kind of becomes a stand-in for the prince, in a sense, in the story... He's like sort of like you know if you have like those archetypes within within mythology the Jungian archetype like they get repeated. Would you say Hazel's kind of the hero of the story? Maybe represents the prince to some extent. I think so. I do believe, if I'm not mistaken, that he becomes the chief of the New Warrens. Yeah. Um, Fiverr is just too nutso to uh, 
unstable. Unstable yeah, is the right word. Plagued, plagued by visions I, and, and anxieties and fears. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was uh, politically incorrect for a moment there. <laughs> well, we don't talk about Bruno. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, he was too unstable. We talk about Fiverr. We, have you seen Encanto? Yes. Okay. We'll talk about Fiverr, but no. <laughs> anyway, I bet you've seen it canto a lot with oh, your girl. Oh yes, many times. <laughs> Heard the soundtrack a lot more. Um, but yes, yes, we've also watched the live concert from the the Hollywood Bowl. I didn't um, know if that existed a live concert. It's on Disney Plus. <laughs> oh. Yep. Um, but no, uh, no, I enjoy it. It's good, good film. Although the grandmother. Who I think is basically the villain in the story, but who gets redeemed, sort of. She's so annoying. <laughs> but I think she's supposed to be. So, um, But anyway, where were we? We were still talking about the one intro. Movie, then we jumped to a different movie. <laughs> yeah, we jumped to a different movie. My fault. All right, so the opening, you know, the mythology. Um, you know, and that's done in a slightly different art style. What would you, what would you call that art style? I don't know. I don't know, but what I do know is that it, the uh, myth mythological part in the beginning was animated by a different animator who was uncredited in the film because he left production before they brought in the new animators that did the bulk of the story. Hmm. Yeah, because um, it... But that's a very interesting art style. Yeah, well... I think it was supposed to be evoking things like cave paintings and, and things like that. True. Like it, it, it felt like that. Like it was trying to evoke, you know, cave paintings or like, um, say, um, East Island or tattoos. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing where it's Native. like you're telling stories through picture. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely Native American or something. Yeah, a little bit of that too, I think. But yeah, it kind of evoked some of that that art style, at least in my mind. It um, worked very well. Yeah, it reminds me a bit of some of the the exposition scenes in Moana, actually, if, if you've seen Moana. But, I have. Um, they have some exposition of mythology in Moana, and it, there's some similarities in art style that um, I doubt that they were inspired by Watership Down, although you never know. Um, but no, just just picked up on a few things there. It was like, so yeah, you got the idea. It was like, oh, this is the mythology. Like, So you kind of, you, you knew that. Yeah. Like, that, that, that was obvious. One question I did, I guess it doesn't really explain, like, are Hazel and Fiverr just friends, or are they father and son? They're gay lovers. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. They're, uh, they're friends. Yeah, they're, so they're just friends, yeah. At first I thought they are father and son, but then they don't really end up acting like father and son, so. No. Just friends. Okay. Yeah. But Fiverr's either younger or just smaller, I guess, than, than Hazel. Yeah, they called him the runt at the beginning of the film, so I guess we established uh, why he was smaller. Which would make sense why he'd be more in touch with his fear, too, because like, he'd be not only afraid of predators, but probably also afraid of other rabbits. Um, which they do establish in this that some rabbits are bigger and stronger than others. Like Bigwig, yeah. hence his name, Bigwig. He's a jock. Yeah, <laughs> Bigwig, the, the, um, the compassionate, intelligent... Um, I don't know, Jock, maybe more like military man. Maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. He is he kind of like, well, he's 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 like one of the, I don't know if he's the right hand man to the, to the chief rabbit in their original, Warren, or if he was, but he was definitely one of like his officers. Yeah. Um. 
Speaking of which, what would you think of the the chief rabbit, like the the first, the initial guy? Um, he he seemed all right, but didn't didn't believe anything that Fiverr said. Basically, didn't want to be bothered. Yeah. Um, Indifferent, I guess. Lazy, he was lazy, maybe. Yeah, yeah, lazy, perhaps. Um, old, tired. Was he arrogant? You think he was arrogant a little? Probably, yeah. And, th- and then he um, he basically sees them as troublemakers, and he send actually sends Captain Hollow out later That's to right. to arrest them. I forgot about um, that. So he wasn't exactly the best leader either. No, no, he he didn't really want to listen, and I get why you wouldn't necessarily, as a leader, like you don't want to jump to conclusions too quickly, like. Um, but he didn't try that hard. He didn't try to establish, like, hey, is Fiverr, has he had these before? Is he reliable? Like, is he, you know, just because, you know, because you don't want to just go off half cock. Like, okay, some rabbit had smoked some, you know, smoked <laughs> some weed and had a vision. Like, so we all got to move? Like, what? Um, exactly. But if he had bothered to we find out the backstory. too much grass. Yeah. <laughs> a, little, a little too much grass. Fiverr. Oh, that's what, yeah. <laughs> oh man, so so that um, that kind of sets the story in motion. Like he refuses to believe, and but so then Hazel Hazel basically believes Fiverr, and he takes the lead, and he's like, "Hey, so we're gonna go," and he essentially rounds up some other people, uh, other rabbits from the Warren, and. and they decide. I guess maybe they had been privy to some of Fiverr's previous premonitions as well, but that would make sense. Either that, or they just trusted Hazel. Whatever the case, they decide to go along with them and leave. Uh, and so does Bigwig, who basically turns against his uh, against the chief, and um, ends up subduing Captain Holly as well, uh, so that they can get away. And um, and he becomes a really important character. Bigwig does, which I wonder if that's where the term bigwig came from like did it come from this novel nah probably not I, I assume that the novel chose that name because it was already synonymous with uh i think i just got it what'd you get you know how the important men used to wear wigs like the 1700s yes i bet that's where it came from like probably oh he's a big wig like literally has a big wig <laughs> i think you're right i think you are but anyway, but yeah, so that rabbit is called Bigwig because he is actually big. And for some reason, he has extra hair on top that makes it look like he has, like... A toupee. Uh, yeah. <laughs> big wig, I guess. Um, so, so they so they escape. So, um, Hazel and Fiverr and I think, what, six or seven other rabbits, including Bigwig, um, run away. And as they're as they're running away, I think we we see an indication early on that uh, Fiverr um, did sense something was coming because they show a sign that says this land is scheduled to be developed by such and such company. So you know that at the very least it's going to change. They're going, you know, humans are going to come in and and like basically terraform i guess for lack of a better term they're gonna raise the land and then build something on top of it um 
So something's coming, and so Fiverr something's coming. was apparently able to sense that accurately. Better be good, somebody's coming. <laughs> um, so then you have the escape, and the journey begins, and thankfully they, they avoid um, a near-death experience. Yeah. Like a badger sticks his head out. And with that part, like, as they're trying to escape, did the badger say something, or did one of them say something? Because the badger sticks his head out, and then you hear, Elendrum! Or Eldrum. I was like, why is the badger just randomly sticking his <laughs> head up? And he's know. like, Eldrum. <laughs> and they're like, wow, we barely got away with that. He had just fed. Did you see the blood on his teeth? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I noticed that some of the predator animals can talk and their mouths don't, don't actually, don't always move along with their dialogue. So the badger could have said something. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I couldn't quite tell. Um, yeah, it did seem a little weird. And he almost looked like he was smiling. I don't know if he's like, oh, dinner. Or <laughs> or it was like, maybe he was friendly and they just misread him. <laughs> Seconds. Although the blood on his face probably yeah. tells you something different. Well, he was just eating raspberries. <laughs> uh, it's like the friendly badger from Wind of the Willows. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen that? Talk about some creepy cartoons, man. I have there's not. Some, there's some creepy stuff. Wind, Wind in the Willows? Yeah, they did animated versions of it. Well, what was that one with... some weird memories from that from my childhood. Like, not as bloody as this, but right. there's definitely some violence, and it's just, like, involves frog and rat and... I thought so. and... There was some... Badger. Well, okay, I saw the Disney cartoon, and I don't remember the blood. <laughs> yeah, there's no blood, but there's definitely violence. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because Disney almost never shows blood uh, except for when the beast gets stabbed is that the same is that the same film we're talking about no Beauty, oh, okay. Beauty and the Beast oh right right yeah, yeah, right yeah. but anyway but yeah but yeah Watership Down like imagine if I think that like tonally imagine if Fox and the Hound had a heck of a lot more blood yeah. in it yeah you kind of get Watership Down <laughs> um, throwing some politics yeah, <laughs> the uh, the the gender bin the fox and uh, turn it into Romeo and Juliet. Have some blood there. <laughs> okay. R- racial pol- political racial undertones. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> All right. So big picture on the plot. So uh, getting back to where we're going to end up going too long here, I think. Um, to getting back to the the general plot, so like, so Hazel, you know, going off of Fiverr's vision, um, leads a group of rabbits away from their warren, and um, and they they go on this journey, and they eventually find the city on a hill or the borough on a hill, as it were. Like they see off in the distance a hill, which this was Fiverr's idea. He's like, it's like we need to find a place that that's high. Um, where the burrows are dry and we can see and hear everything coming from a distance, which is smart. Like you can see your enemies coming. You can, you know, it's a, and they see a, a hill off in the distance. They're like, that's where we're going to live. Um, so they make their way towards, towards that. Uh, but then they run into some things along the way, but that's basically the plot. Like they make their way there. Then eventually Sorry about that phone call. Forgot to. Um, what was I saying? 
Eventually. So yeah, so Hazel, like, along the way, starts to realize, oh, you know, we're all dudes, you know, <laughs> we're not going to be able to start a new Warren without some mates, basically. So he, along the way, at a farm, he tries to, he finds some potential mates and keeps that kind of in the back of his mind. He's like, we're going to come back. We'll come back for you. Um, which they later do. Well, um, you know, it was the 70s, and, and they weren't out of the closet yet. <laughs> <laughs> but the the fact <laughs> remains, though, that, because they say this once they, once they finally make it to the hills, like, they talk about the problem, and they're like, it's like, yeah, you know, once we die, that'll be it. There'll be no more war, and, you know, you know, because I have no babies. Um, so the need to pass on, you know, and have have progeny um which yeah obviously you can't do with with a group of males so so the the rest of the film is basically them trying to to find mates um but they eventually they find some potential mates uh with the help of a a bird that they help and an injured bird that they help and nurse back to health who then becomes an ally uh kehar i think right kehar his name Kato Kehar Kehar yeah Kehar Kehor Kehor no Kehor Kehor um voiced by Zero Mostel by the way of uh Fiddler on the Roof fame um if I were a rich man um for some reason there's there's a Russian Jewish bird in in Watership down for some reason (laughs) from Big Water Uh, from Big Water um, that's, a, that's a city near Moscow, right? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which birds migrate a long distance, so I mean, you know, why not? But, um, he's a foreigner, basically. <laughs> um, but he, he becomes an ally for them and helps them, and he, he locates this other burrow, but it's it's basically run by a, di- a military dictator, essentially. And uh, do you want to talk some about him and about the that place? Well, you know, you, you stuttered and you said the military dick, so I was like... Oh, mm-hmm. military dick. Uh, dictator. <laughs> military dictator. Well, he's, he is also a dick. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, General... General Woundwort. So, do you, you want to talk some about General Woundwort and his... Uh, I want to know how, how one of his eyes Warren. got blinded. Must be from the war. He apparently was in a war because he's a general. I guess. I want to know what this <laughs> rabbit war is. I know, I know. This is where definitely some anthropomorphization comes yeah. in. Yeah, I'm not. I'm sure rabbits fight each other at some point, like over territory or mates or food or something. But, but yeah, this, this is obviously taken up to a whole level because he's got like soldiers and officers and, and stuff. <laughs> so he's even more of a tyrannical leader than the original, our original chief in the first Warren of the film. Um. And he means business. Oh yeah, he's very serious. Yeah, and he's big too, and uh, and healthier. I think. Well, maybe in better shape and more determined than the first. Yeah. Chief. The first chief was kind of just an a hole, you know. It's like he sent like one person after them to, but this guy's this dude's got a whole army, right? Right. Uh, and for some reason, like all of their eyes are blue. Or was it green? I can't remember. I think it's blue, yeah. Blue, I guess just to distinguish them, but, but also it makes them a little ominous, too, yeah. or, or like 
Um, yeah, the blue-eyed rabbit. So, um, yeah, he's a jerk. And, uh, he basically reminds me of every, every other military general that comes into power in every other film, Avatar being one of them, to where there's not really a whole lot to the character. Until Avatar 2, but that's a different story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there, there's not just not a whole lot to the character, except he's a, a big, muscular, older guy who's seen war, and he he's arrogant, and um, it's either his way or the highway. And by highway, we mean death. <laughs> yeah, or at the very least, um, you get roughed up. You get yeah. scratched, and your ears chewed in half, you know, like, you get beat up pretty badly. Then they stick you on a pole in the middle of camp and let everybody look at you. Not literally. You know what I mean. Figuratively. Yeah, which apparently, if I understood the, the plot correctly, Captain Hollow from the original Warren, after everyone in that Warren died, basically suffocated, you know, which is sad. Like, they couldn't get out because all the holes were filled up with dirt, all the, the um, yeah, what burrows. Did you think? What do you think of that? that scene <laughs> that that was that was disturbing like it definitely would have been to a little kid too it was like my yeah. goodness you know because it's like the art style starts to change a bit and but it's showing like all these rabbits squishing and trying to get out of a, a hole and like they're literally blocking the hole because so many of them are trying to get out you know like a and he, this the, the assumption you they basically all die like somehow captain hollow was able to get out and I guess at some point he hooks up with this other Warren, with the general, and um, he manages to escape from there too, although uh, with his life, I guess, yeah. basically. And Mike Frith, Mike Frith, the eyeballs. <laughs> the bulging, pulsating red eyeballs. Oh. Oh, yeah, with the, the death scene. Like, yeah. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty disturbing. De definitely. Like, that's the first part of the film that's really, like, I mean, there is the part where Bigwig gets caught in the snare, and there's, yeah. there's like, frothing blood uh, at, at the mouth, like he's getting choked. And, um, so, but th this this is definitely worse. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely worse. So, the mythological part and the being bulldozed alive and suffocating are two of the things that I remember from my childhood. <laughs> yeah, which, like, you know, I'm, and I'm sure that it has actually happened, you know, where people are trying to come in and do that, like, yeah. it's horrible to think about. Like, um, there, I think there are actually people in, in some organizations that try to come in before a land is developed and and um, like relocate as many animals as they can beforehand because uh, their ecosystem is about to be destroyed, basically. Because we, yeah, we so often do just slash and burn. You know, we just yeah, it's, it's pretty awful. Which they, they refer to, uh, what is it? It's not Hazel, but one of the other rabbits in his group. It's like, yeah, men have always hated us. And um, Captain Hollow, you know, is like, no, they just destroyed us because we were in their way. Yeah. And, um, and then one of the other rabbits comments, like, they won't rest until they destroy the earth. Bit of the politics there. This this was more of hit you over the head. 
I think the war politics was more subtle, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, we, we do do a lot of damage, that's for sure. I mean, that that's accurate. Um, but I had another thought. I was like, there's an extent to which evil is relative, right? Like, you know, in this story, the protagonists are the rabbits, and you're like, it's so horrible, you know, obviously that they died because making way for human houses develop, housing development. But think about when the rabbits dug the burrows, like how many like worms and insects did they kill <laughs> taking their burrows? You know, so like to some extent it's like circle of life. It's like yeah. it doesn't excuse unnecessary harm, like where you you take more than you need or you destroy more than is necessary for survival. But, you know, especially given that we're more aware of that and the consequences of our actions. But like ultimately limits resources are limited right so you know when you have if you have scarcity at, at some point one species has to to die in order for another to live or like even if it's just a species of plants that have to die for an herbivore to let you know some death is required for life to continue which is trippy um but yeah that's your philosophy for this episode <laughs> yeah Today on our philosophy segment, no. Um, so we're we're going a bit long here, so we'll probably need to fast forward a bit. So you, do you want to talk some about the um, the climax and the the final battle? You know, just jump into the juicy parts. That's right. Well, this is what I remembered, and the reason I wanted Richard to watch this film with me is because in my mind, I remembered this as a violent bloodbath. Uh, which I was disappointed to discover that most of the movie is tame. But uh, so jumping to the climax, this is when uh, General Woodworth. Woodward? Wart, Wood, Woundward? Woundward. Woundward. Yeah, Woundward. Woundward. According to Wikipedia, Woundward. <laughs> Chasing after Heisenthal and all the other rabbits that, that basically he can. Is that German? He talks about them like they're traitors, like you, right. you know, you you abandoned, you left the the Warren, therefore. Well, he comes back to, I guess the the mates are valuable, so he's not going to kill them necessarily, like he's, but he's going to bring them back. Right. Bring them back into slavery, basically. You know, that's kind of the idea. But anyway, you were saying. So, do you think I'm getting off topic? Do you think that his Warren, the general's Warren, was some sort of allegory for a uh, uh, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for a war camp camp oh it doesn't matter anyway uh, moving on so at the end uh, Big Way gets like Richard said gets a bunch of the uh, enslaved rabbits out of uh, the general's warren and brings them back to their warren their warren that represents democracy or something and um peace and safety peace and safety like peace, basically peaceful freedom well yeah, yeah. they well, do it's talk not capitalism they, <laughs> they do talk they do talk about freedom basically like yeah. yeah it's like freedom so so um prison camp that's what i was thinking of earlier but anyway so i'd say more like maybe a dictatorship like a, yeah. a, a country yeah, a right. country like so like um Bigwig actually volunteers to be an officer, so he, like, infiltrates. He's, like, infiltrating the enemy camp, so to speak, or the country. And then 
I guess it is kind of like that too. It's just a little bit like a infiltrating the enemy camp and then you yeah. you break out, break the prisoners free kind of thing. Um, so it's a bit like that too, I guess. So the general, he's not like the lazy um, ch- chief wa- chief of the Warren from the beginning of the film. He actually gets a small army together and chases after Bigwig, thinking Bigwig is the chief of the new Warren on on the hill there and um, just straight up bloody bath murders one of the rabbits was yeah. that captain holly no no the one that the one that he kills on the way in the hole is like a it's the guy it's the male rabbit that had repeatedly tried to escape and um the big wig meets and um he had had his ears damaged wasn't and everything. that captain Hall? oh no, no 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 that was the other guy yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't remember his character's name, um, but yeah, he essentially he gives his life. Like he knows he's probably gonna die, so he's like, I'll, I'll hold him off as long as I can to let all the other rabbits have a better chance of escaping. Um, so yeah, he basically gives his life, you know. And uh, so the general pursues the rest of the uh, colony through the Warren until. Uh, Bigwig springs out of the ground and they just get into this scratch fight with uh, blood coming out of their wounds as they fight um, and their mouths. Yeah, they're, uh, they're almost like it's almost like frothing at the yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're just, it's an intense fight and, and that, a little bit of slow motion there too, right? Yeah, was it? and it wasn't red coming out of their mouths; it was like pink. Yeah, it was like I don't know, spittle or froth or or what, but was it yeah, spit mixed with blood. I don't know, probably. Some internal bleeding there. <laughs> um, you know, I I mentioned seeing a video, actually on Instagram earlier today, of two hares fighting, um, and it was a really cool video. They were on their back legs and just fighting each other with their front legs, like in a slap fight. I want to let you know, Watership Down had more blood than that. <laughs> there was no blood. <laughs> There was no visible blood in this hair fight. So it was just like two nerds like... <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So this is when the... The real chief, apparently Hazel, uh, decides to go let loose the dogs of war. Yeah. And... Uh, or the dog. The dog of war. It was, a, it was just a pun. It was a pun. Yeah. And, um... The Hellhound. And, uh, so... They lead the... It's a brilliant plan, by the way. Yeah, it is brilliant. Yeah. They lead the dog, who we know is male. Yeah. <laughs> because he decides to stop the pee, pee on a electrical tower. <laughs> yep. uh, halfway through the chase. Yeah, lifts his leg up and everything. <laughs> um comes up and just the just kills kills a bunch of the members of the general's army just rips rips through them through them there's even one scene where there's a hole in a rabbit yeah um so so that so the climax is is where most of the blood of this film is um i think if the entire film had been this bloody that maybe maybe my little brother and i wouldn't have actually seen the whole thing Oh yeah, I turned it off. Let's go. 
Wait, well, your brother, your younger brother, is yeah, watched it yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, and he, wow. he he's very sensitive. Mm. He saw the movie Bambi, and oh, yeah. he wouldn't eat deer anymore. My dad is a hunter. Mm-hmm. He just wouldn't eat deer out of solidarity for Bambi. Mm. So I need to ask him um, what this this Watership Down film did to him. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure he and uh, vowed to never eat rabbit, but. <laughs> Not that most people do, but although I think it gets eaten more often in England for some reason, for some reason that's in my mind, but I may be wrong about that. I don't know. I don't Rabbit, know. Rabbits too. Um, I guess I guess that's true. I've never had rabbits. So. Have you had rabbit? I know you had squirrel. No, my mom used to be a rabbit breeder. Uh-huh. She bred rabbits for pets. Uh, every now and then she'd get a phone call. Where uh, the person would be like, "Can you dress the rabbit up?" And my mom's like, "Sure. What do you want me to? What do you want the rabbit to wear?" <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I want to eat it. <laughs> and that's when she hung up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we never ate rabbit. Oh yeah, did you guys have the rabbits when you saw this movie? Yes. <laughs> did you like go out afterwards and make sure they were okay? Well, uh, I had this one or giant you scared of rabbits after George that? George that kept getting out, and uh, I made sure George was safe in his cage. So I just had this other mental picture of, of a nose hair, <laughs> a giant <laughs> nose hair that keeps getting out. <laughs> I have that too. Yeah, I have this problem. That's true. We are we are creeping up on forty, so <laughs> nose hairs start to do interesting things. The older you get. Um, so have we you are becoming any... our fathers. That's true. <laughs> and eventually our grandfathers. Yeah. And then pretty soon the the black rabbit of Easley will, will come for us and our spirit animal will run through the fields. Oh, yeah. Which is what happens to Hazel at the end of the film. He dies as an old rabbit. You know, we're like, yeah, Hazel, you lived and died a normal death. Sort of. I mean, he does get talked into dying by... I know it's metaphorical, but like the, the black rabbit of Easley... Or Ile, no inlay, excuse me, inlay, comes to to um, tell him it's time. You know, come with me. I have a question: Is the black rabbit of inlay inlay is that also is that is that the ghost or spirit of the prince of rabbits, or is they separate? That's a good question because because at one point he helps Fiverr, like he, it's like it's not. It's not Hazel's time. He actually helps Fiverr find um, a wounded Hazel who's been shot by a by a farmer as he's trying to escape that farm the first time where the the dog and and the cat are. And um, see, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a little mysterious because yeah, normally if it was just a straight up analog to the Angel of Death, obviously that being only comes when it's time, like or just death itself, like you know, with like the you know like the skull. Like the skeleton with the robe and the scythe, you know, like kind of that yeah. idea. Like they pretty much only come when it's time. But yeah, it, it did. So it did seem different. But maybe so. Yeah, maybe there was some connection. Um, so, do you have any thoughts? Final thoughts. Well, um, it was like it, it definitely evoked feelings of of the 80s like 80s fantasy movies like even the mu- oh, yeah. even the music style like 70s 80s fantasy movies like kind of that um <clears throat> that tonality um 
so it kind of transported me to to some of that um yeah it i think it, it had a it had a good story it had a good plot um you know you the voice acting was well done i think uh i think which is what's meant to be i think big big wig and hazel are you know your two favorite characters i think uh and then then obviously the general is the other one that's the most fleshed out you know and he's very engaging interesting mm. as a as a villain and uh a little bit of comic relief with with the bird and uh oh yeah and uh yeah. zero Mostel's performance you know at first it annoyed me but then you know i got used to it and i was like it's like no this is good this this film needs a little bit of that like um yeah, definitely the film, you know, which would be true for real rabbits, I guess, in terms of their life. Like, there's this undercurrent of, of anxiety and always having to be wary and watch out for predators, which, I mean, would be real life, you know, out in the field, so to speak. Like, so you feel that undercurrent of anxiety throughout the film and, and the, the real, real feelings of danger. But yeah, no, I, I think it was, it was good. It was a good film. Um, like, couple points where it, where, it, where it gets you thinking like on the on the mythology but but yeah I think it's mostly meant to be like a um just a just a good story I guess like an interesting story and um the only note I might say on the art like even though the backgrounds were beautiful like I, I was taken out of the film sometimes with the panning that was done and so yeah. obviously they were just literally panning a picture um it wasn't they didn't quite have the same sophistication obviously as as like um disney's setup like even even snow white had more sophistication in terms of camera moves and such like the way that disney figured out how to do that um than this film did so that that was a little i guess am amateurish even though the paintings were beautiful just the the way they the camera moves were done know but the animation of the rabbits was good which obviously is the, is the main point um, of the film and um, and the acting and the plot is engaging enough that you, you get into the story at least I did and um, so yeah I, I think I did enjoy it I, I definitely will not let my kids watch it uh, it's, it's, it's too violent and creepy um, yeah for little kids like yeah no this is something like you don't want when they're like junior high, high school, yeah. this would be something interesting to watch and talk about. You don't want to expose um, them to rabbit religion. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it would definitely like for older kids. <clears throat> you know, it would give it would give some interesting talking points. Like you could talk about mythology, and you could talk about God, and you know, it would give you some jumping off points for that. You know, um, and uh, but even politics and like fight for survival and like, um, you know, what do you do when you know, a foreigner is wounded, do you help it? You know, just different talking. There's some really interesting um, meat to chew on, I guess. Um, and, uh, yeah. So, yeah. No, and I think 3.5, like I said, there's a few things that took me out of it. Like, um, the music occasion was a little too chipper for, like, the tone of the film occasionally. Um, which, although maybe in some ways that made it creepier, so maybe it did work. But, um, but yeah, like, I think overall, like, yeah, yeah, 3.5, you know, I think is, is definitely fair. And, um, yeah, yeah, so I liked it. I liked it.
great, great. How about you? Final thoughts? Yeah, as an adult, I can I can appreciate this film for what it is. Um, I know the Richard was it Adams? Oh yeah, the, the writer. Uh, the writer who wrote the novel. I know that his intentions for gearing this towards children is that he wanted uh, kids to understand what what the real world quote unquote is like. Um, I can understand and appreciate this film for what it is and what it was trying to be as a kid, you know, definitely saw it too young. Um, but yeah, I liked it too. I really liked the characters. Uh, I think Hazel could have had a more interesting character design, but, uh, but I like Hazel and big wig. Um, some of the characters like this, the laughing goal or seagull. Is it seagull? Well, he, he talks about being from big water and I understood, I joked earlier, but I understood it to be a reference to the ocean anyway. That makes sense. Um, I, I thought he and Fiverr were sometimes a little annoying, uh, but I really liked the film. Uh, the film was bloodier than I'm used to seeing uh i mean if this were an anime it'd be like oh yeah you know there's blood in it it's an anime what are you, right what were you expecting but being that there aren't a lot of that i'm aware of a lot of uh uk children's movies with this much violence and blood in it it was something more uh provoking about it um unexpected but yeah, it, it is a good film. It's very artistic. Yeah, I think some of the 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 mythology vignettes are, are yeah. some of the more interesting artistically in the film. Like they artistically written and created, except for those painting pans. Yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> the one thing. Although there was one really cool pan, like visually one of the coolest sections of the film where. They're, they were invited into that, like, the Deceiver's Warren, you know, they, yeah. they go in to get out of the rain, and and you, you see it panning around from hole to hole, and you see the rabbits on the other side hiding, like, in between the holes, and, like, but it goes from hole to hole, and you, so the angle changes. That was interesting visually, like, I, I thought that was cool. Um, that's the only part where the panning worked for me more so, like. But when they when they didn't pan, like when they were, it's more like when they were panning without a character in frame. That's more when it took me out of it. Yeah. Like, but when it was panning to follow a character, you're focused on the character, so it's not really an issue. But yeah, anyway. And there was spoken dialogue during some of those pans where there was no characters on screen, and I recognized that as, um, and I would implement it myself. I admit, as as an artist. If I had to do an animated feature, uh, but it's really lazy though to have dialogue but no animated character on screen, and you're just panning. It, it, it is it is a lazy tactic. Uh, you either know, either that or budget. yeah, either that or just due to budget constraints, which yeah. films often run into. It's like yeah, it's like we don't have time. Well, we got to make it work, so let's make it work. Yeah, we'll, we'll have them talking during a pan. And obviously, you got good quality actors yeah. involved. Like I'm sure, I'm sure many of these people, 
if I were to look, were probably like in BBC Radio and stuff like that back in the day, theater actors, like, uh, I'm sure John Hurt probably, um, maybe some of them were even in like um, the some of the older like Lord of the Rings dramatizations that BBC did. I um, think I heard the person who directed this film went on to direct other films including uh, Chicken Run, the claymation film from Ardmore. Huh. Ardman? Ardman. Ard- yeah, Ardman. Not huh. Ardmore, that's, that's different. Ardman. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Ardman. Oh, okay, cool. So, <clears throat> Watership Down. So yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd recommend it seeing it at least once in your life. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and then, um, yeah, it's kind of like one of those you hear about over the years, and you're like, oh, I need to catch up with that eventually. Uh, Animal Farm is another that, you know, I've heard about that so many times. It's like, eventually I need to actually watch it. Um, 1984 is another film, which is not animated, but John Hurt yeah. also stars in that, uh, by the way. Um, yeah. You see the voice of Hazel. But anyway. Yeah, so. Well, all right. Nerds. Subscribers. Thanks for tuning in. Those of you who have tuned in. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, um, so uh, just to close out, so obviously this is, this will, you'll be hearing this, those of you who listen to it the day it comes out, if you do, uh, this will be the first, we're aiming for the first and third Friday of each month for uh, our subscriber episodes, and um, so we're aiming for that, you know, kind of during season four to, to drop those on the first and third Fridays, so this will be dropping on the first Friday of July. And um, so then the next one, you know, roughly two weeks later, you know, that's our goal anyway. Um, but in terms of regular episodes for the podcast, obviously next Wednesday starts, kicks off season four. Uh, it'll be something sci-fi related. We, we, we plan to follow basically the same pattern, um, but probably with, and you know, you guys will be the first to hear this. I think we're talking about doing more animation, like more of a bent towards anime or animated films than we have been doing previously. Um, we might save some of the live action for the subscriber-only episodes. Um, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. But yeah, in general, we're going to follow the same cycle, but with more animation infused into it. Like, more more animated choices. Um, yeah, and there's still plenty of like sci-fi choices that are animated and stuff. Like, um, my mind just went to Titan AE, you know, which is an American animated film that came out that's also sci-fi. Well, shoot, Richard, now we can't do Red Dwarf. <laughs> Red Dwarf? I have not seen that. What is it about? I'm picking, but I used to watch that all the time on, uh, I think it was PBS late at night. Red, Red Dwarf? It's, it's a British show. Wait. Red Dwarf. But I'm picking. That sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> yeah. Or Doctor Who, I guess. Although, we yeah. Can, yeah. We'll see. The thing's a beast, though. You're talking like, what, but, five uh, decades of television? Should we uh, should we tell tell our subscribers, hey, in the comments, let us know. Do you want more anime? What do you... Yeah, well, one one I did do a poll question on last. Oh, week, you did the last subscriber okay. episode. Like, in terms of for these episodes, like, shows you what how I'm paying attention. What would you guys um, like us to cover with these subscriber only episodes? You know, we will take requests. Uh, yeah, you guys are paying us, so yeah, we'll take requests. Like, um. Yeah, and if you want us to cover something that you're just like, you just like, <laughs> we're gonna make them watch this. 
Star Wars holiday special. You know, as long as this, as long as it's not ridiculously gratuitous or just like distasteful, then we'll do it. <laughs> right? Wait, what do you say, Will? Nuns with guns, blood, buckets of blood. <laughs> Horror movies, like, yeah, we'll make an experience out of it. Um, but yeah, let us know if there's something you want to hear. On the subscriber only, subscriber only, uh, and the regular channel too. Like, feel free to give us feedback. Um, you know, on the regular channel too. It's like, it's like, hey, have you just thought about covering this? But anyway, until next subscriber only episode. Saranara, live long and prosper. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Reverend Nerds Podcast. If you would, consider following us on Instagram. We are there at irreverent underscore nerds. You can also hit us up on Facebook. Just look us up there at the Irreverent Nerds. That's our fan page. We have a YouTube channel as well. Once again, the Irreverent Nerds. Nice and simple, right? And if you go to www.irreverentnerds.com, that will send you to our podcasters for Spotify, formerly Anchor.fm, profile, where you can send us a voice message if you want to, you can support us financially, or listen to the podcast. It will also direct you to other places you can listen, like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, you name it. So, like, comment, subscribe follow all those good things wherever you find us wherever you listen to us we would greatly appreciate it until next time nerds live long and prosper avengers assemble i'm batman